This is the Drive-In Podcast. Take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to episode 111 of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have the checkup with yours truly, Dr. O, along with our trailer roundup featuring a whole slew of new Netflix projects. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy episode 111 of the Drive-In Podcast. Howdy duty. Welcome to episode 111 of TDI. This is Dr. O on the horn. I'm joined as always by my co-host, my best friend, movie aficionado, Ricky Flix. Ricky Flix, how are you, my friend? How was your weekend? Weekend was great. A little banged up from the beach. A little too much uh, beach soccer, spike ball, the works, you name it. You got some uh, sun, kid. I'm looking at your face now. I'm just <laughs> noticing. I didn't make a comment. You got some sun, brother. The, the red shirt doesn't help. The, I'm wearing a red shirt for the uh, audio listeners out there. Sit um, tomato. To be honest, I'm more tan than red on the face. It's more the shoulders that are are red, red. Camera's not bad. doing you justice, baby. Yeah, they, it's not definitely not. Justice. So uh, maybe take a break from the YouTube for a day or two. But um, no, no, but it was good. So the, but then Sunday I get home and I realize I, I cannot move. My feet, but the bottom of my feet are dead. My knees are dead. My shoulders, like I just told you, are burned. I literally can't do the gym. I can't. I can't do anything. So what did I do? I'm Obi Wan Kenobi zoned in. I watched. I turned on Phantom Menace. Then what did I do after that? I turned on Attack of the Clones. <laughs> what did I do after that? No, don't do it to us. What did I do after that? I watched the first half of Revenge of the Sith. I watched the first half and then I was too exhausted. I fell asleep, but I got to the part you get to, where you got to the, you, you reached the second half of revenge of the Sith and didn't finish the movie. Well, That's a sin. So, no. So I got to the part where our boy Sam L took that fall. And I was like, all right, this is a good stopping point. I'll come back to it and watch the second. Unlimited power. <laughs> I, 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 That's where like the movie picks up. That's where the movie's like, Oh my God. I know. So, the after best this, thing the prequels ever gave us. So after this, I'm gonna just buckle up and go in for the second half of that. But that's I I never so like my my boy Johnny Sims, shout out, frequent listener on the pod. We've always talked about like one day just doing all like episodes one through six in a row. But this was like a pretest. Like, all right, can I do one through three in a row? And I think if I wasn't so exhausted, I would have easily been able to do it. So this is a good test for one day. The ultimate day you might have to live stream it and like get like have people join episodes one through six just one day. You might have to contact our boys at Stream Lounge and uh, <laughs> just say, "Hey, ultimate Star Wars binge, like Kenobi finale, right? What we're gonna do? Want to join us? Episodes one through three. If you are interested in us doing that and watching along with us, contributing to conversation on Stream Lounge where we did Thor Ragnarok, I want to say uh, about a year back, year and a half back." Two years, two years, something uh, like that. Something like that. But uh, yeah, no, it's one year, one year. Sorry, excuse me. If you want us to do that, 
I mean, let us know. Tweet at us. DM us. Right. Let us know your interest. We'll have guests on. It'll be fun. Yeah, but I, I I like that you went back to episode one and two. Uh, you're a brave soul for doing that. It's probably the 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 least rewatchable of all Star Wars movies. What what? My conclusion after rewatching the first two and a half would be. The second one is as bad as I remember. Attack of the it Clones is, is and it can what I, my conclusion is it is worse than Phantom Menace. It is, in my opinion, it is worse. Darth Maul just makes that like watchable. I think in the limited screen time you had those dual, the lightsaber scenes are just awesome. And I know like with him specifically, the choreography is just unmet. Like it's unbeatable. It's unbelievable. Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon you got a Our huge boy. name like Liam Neeson. The, the so, second one doesn't have like like General Grievous. We got General they just Grievous throw Duke. No, Grievous Dooku. isn't even in the second one. He isn't. No, oh, Dooku wow. isn't even that. in until the last uh, third of the movie. And is that the best scene? Th- Dooku and, knocking off his hand. It's Dooku. I think it's Dooku and Yoda that battle, and they literally cut it off after thirty seconds. Anakin's arm cut. Sand pit probably. Sand pit. Not as good as I remember to be honest, but still decent. Yeah, that movie is just atrocious. Really Jango bad. Jango Fett versus Obi Wan. It was just a love story that they was terrible acting. No offense to Natalie Portman, like unbelievable actress now. And then our boy Hayden Christensen coming back, but tough look for him. It was so much better in Revenge of the Sith. Killing the same yeah. people. That's like most cringeworthy acting of all time when he comes back and he explains <sighs> that. Like, like it's 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 a must watch because it's so bad. That and it, it means so much to his character. You have to watch it. But it's that just, is literally it's, the, it's atrocious. If you have to highlight one scene of like which is the highlight of the worst or the low light, that's it. You literally nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean that that is the scene in the prequels where it's like, oh my, this is I where killed we went them wrong. all. I murdered them. <laughs> Woman and children. Oh, terrible. Yeah. I have to look back and like I, I remember I used to quote that with my buddies just like to make fun of it, you know, almost not to the level of like episode three where you were the chosen one, right? You were restore mm. order to the galaxy, like all that. But uh, sorry, I just got a text. You're supposed to defeat this, if not yeah. join him, yeah. Uh, Love yeah, him. so good stuff. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna check out episode one this week, but I gotta catch up. Like, I've been slacking. I had a long weekend as well, dude. I went Friday night, went to see our boy Nez. He had a DJ uh, gig in uh, New York City. We are your we friends. From... Yeah, we are your friends. Yeah, shout out Efron. And we went from there and Emily Ratajkowski. Shout Cheers. Out. But we had to go from him DJing to another concert, the Brooklyn Mirage. Unbelievable venue. Great, like, summer vibes going. But the person, the the um the main show, the main artist at the concert didn't hop on until two thirty in the morning, bro. I had early, got home at five at four thirty a.m. Nas got home at five. We went with our buddy Joe, and uh, then the next day I had to go to our buddy John's brother's. Our brother, our buddy. Sorry, I'm getting these texts. Drive me insane. We had to go to our buddy so John's popular. house because his brother graduated uh uh from i uh, got a cpa okay Congrats. Um, yeah and so we had to have his whole celebration there and i was gonna leave early to get some grad class work in maybe work a little bit on the pod john guilts me into staying over in ridgefield the next uh evening and then i wake up had to come home on sunday and just cranked out all this grad school work it's really putting a damper on my my viewings ricky flex movies were not about- an option 
I'm, I'm, be, I'm behind on Stranger Things. I'm behind on The Boys. I'm behind on Barry. And we have right Jurassic World coming out this week. We got so much on the horizon. Where you I forgot. This? I know we're not going to talk about it. I know next episode we'll be talking about Obi-Wan, The Boys. I know we're not going to talk about it tonight, today, but Thursday's episode, The Boys. But I did finish a season of something, Doctor. I finished Under the Banner of Heaven. I had to catch up on that as well. That just finished, didn't it? It just finished. So I watched the season finale this weekend too. And the where I drafted, I drafted that in the third round, third round in our top billing. That should have gone undrafted. <laughs> there were some great performances, wow. I no will say. To it. Wyatt no Russell, I thought, was really good. And I still have high hopes for him. I'm I'm hoping that he his career can catapult soon, sooner than later. And I th- Sam Worthington, better actor than I thought for sure. Um, but just two Mormon, two more. If you're Mormon watching that, like, I don't know how you stay like being a Mormon. They just, they choke you with like how bad Mormons are and like the church and church and state separation, like how there isn't any, and just a bunch of conspiracies that are true. And they really, they bop you over the head with the Mormonism and flashbacks to bring him young and how bad of a person he was, how bad of a person Joseph Smith was like their prophets. It is insane. I don't know how, like if you're Mormon, like, like there's already like a potential, like a uh, lawsuits going to happen against the show, I guess the showrunner and everything like, like it's so bad. It's dude. The Mormons are probably thinking like, Oh my God, we got Andrew Garfield to represent us. This is going to be incredible. That afterwards are like, we're suing their ass. Let's go take it up to court. Like this like, is their, this was their time to shine and they get crapped on. It's just the whole thing. is just like basically telling us the history of Mormonism is a lie. It's telling us the history. And then like an alternate history saying, Oh, but you forgot that Joseph Smith had 30 wives or like whatever. And then mm-hmm. I don't know, just way too much history textbook being thrown at us. No, we just want to see Wyatt Russell just go ape like, yeah. people. And we just want to see Andrew Garfield just take control of the screen. We don't want these flashbacks to Joseph Smith just talking about being Mormon. I don't know. It, it just way too much textbook. Really wanted more of a show. Disappointed in the end, but it wasn't like bad. It just wasn't what I expected. Yeah. I mean, that's what turned me off was the flashback sequences. I thought Garfield was great in a reserve type of role and uh it was definitely in a, a light we haven't seen him in it was interesting to come off spider-man and then come off tick tick boom in a very like exuberant performance like both like like uh energetic type of characters and then go to this guy who is literally on his knees praying for half the show <laughs> you know i thought that that was an interesting turn that he decided to make in his career maybe he just wanted to try something different explore a whole new perspective I guess with this uh, show and it has, it has an exciting cast. I agree. It's just, I think people were turned off by the content. It's just, it, it didn't do it for them. And it like reminded me of the 2016 film with Scorsese silence when he was, uh, a, I don't want to say priest, but like, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, actually, I think he was actually considered a priest in that. I'm not positive, but it reminded me of that reserved. But in that one, at least like there was a lot of uh, moments where it's like, Oh, that's, incredible acting like the modeling model between Liam Neeson and the climax there and a bunch of other scenes where it's like, Oh, that's where he made his money. Oh, that shows this one is just like, he didn't make his money anywhere. It's just like you said, a reserved role. Like you said, no there real wasn't any juicy lines. Yeah. There wasn't really a payoff for his character versus like a wire Russell. It's like, there's a payoff every episode. 
I yeah. like that was the role I would be like, that's what I would want if I'm an up and coming actor. Like Andrew Garfield is now solidified, so I guess like, oh, he has to take that lead. But it's like, oh, if I had to pick any role, I would pick Wyatt Russell's here. We got yeah, that like that seemed like it's a scene stealing or episode stealing type of role. It's like really juicy for an actor like Wyatt Russell when you're going in a project that's being headed by Andrew Garfield and then Daisy Edgar Jones as the female lead. Like that, you're right. This is a good prospect for the future of our guy, Wyatt Russell. Okay. Uh, we also, Thursday, we're going to see Jurassic World Dominion, the return of Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum to the Jurassic park franchise what's your hype level at ricky for that movie one to ten go uh, i'm sorry mayo i know mayo's a big jurassic world guy <laughs> he's been begging to come on for this review too <laughs> i just to put in perspective before i say a number i didn't even see the second one in theaters <laughs> like the second jurassic world Did I? okay yeah so i'll go two because lord Neil's back and Jeff Goldblum bigger role in this one, I guess. Like, and and it's the finally the end, so I get to say, all right, don't have to see these anymore. Two. I was given a three. Mine was on a level of three. I uh, like I just the fact that I I the first one when I saw it in theaters, I walked out being like, was that as good as Jurassic Park in the yes. original? But then uh, after rewatching it, I'm like, holy crap! Like the child actors and that are pretty brutal. It's not as, I mean. It's 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 Chris Pratt. I guess he is. It's not, it hasn't become like this iconic role as I expected it to be later on in the franchise. He was so hot in the streets back in 2015 after Guardians of the Galaxy as Star Lord, which is his iconic role. But like Owen Grady, is he a, a, as iconic as like a Sam Neill in this franchise or a Laura Dern or Jeff Goldblum? He's not even close. Like it's like a role that I it's like a franchise I forget Chris Pratt has such a close relationship to and the second one once again has some like kind of piss poor like acting performances one that aren't gonna like really uh drive you to go to the theater to go see it uh Bryce Dallas Howard I prefer you more as a director of the Mandalorian to be honest uh confirmed yeah. to be doing that next season though so who knows though maybe it'll surprise us like it's always it's gonna have that nostalgia type of vibe nostalgia's hot in the streets bringing back older characters looking at like spider-man no way home right bringing back characters things like that that we all have an affinity towards we got top gun maverick out right now right we're all flashing back to our favorite parts of the movie industry it's good to see blockbusters (laughs) um i think we should get to the checkup here ricky flex I brought up Guardians of the Galaxy earlier, so I think it's a natural transition if we talk about the newest cast member of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Guess who's joining the squad? Maria Bakalova from Borat 2. She's been cast in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Ricky Flick's initial reaction to having Borat's sister a part of the crew. This It makes sense, right? She had her breakout with Borat 2020. She had a little slip-up earlier this year. I think no... It's a movie that nobody's talking about and we're giving a pass to, but it shouldn't be getting a pass. The Bubble, Judd Apatow's movie that she starred in. Well, she getting, was a star of that? <laughs> she was one of them. You got like a 21, 22% Rotten Tomatoes. Huge pass. I don't know why, but we'll, we'll look past it for now. We'll come back to that later when Judd Apatow has uh, bros coming out later this year with uh, Barry Eichner or Billy Eichner. Um, but uh, this one, like, this just makes sense. Like, if... Zoe Aldana's out. We got to bring another name to kind of replace that. And for Maria Bakalova, it's like, all right, how can I be a superhero? Get that bump 
to superstardom, not just like breakout. Yeah, let's just do this, and then we'll go back to the Oscar-nominated roles. Because hey, she was nominated for an Oscar for that. That's pretty nuts. And I will just say just one last thing before I pass it's it off to you. It's to look back. <laughs> As, uh, she is going to be in that A24 movie, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. That comes out yeah. later this year. And like Rachel Sennett, Shiva Baby. And it's very alum, baby. SHS, shout out. <laughs> shout out. And uh, Pete Davidson's in that too. So like she's going to be in more movies, like more, I guess, more focused critically than superhero blockbuster. She's going to keep doing that. But this is just a nice super like path of superstardom, I guess, or stardom, I should say. Yeah, so I don't think this is going to be a big role whatsoever, to be honest. I know you mentioned, like, Zoe Zeldana out. I know you don't really mean that because you know she's coming back in some capacity <laughs> yes, because yes, this yes. is Marvel and we don't commit to deaths. Uh, but Maria Bakalova, this is interesting in terms of timing because Guardians of the Galaxy has already finished, like, shooting. I think they've even done reshoots. I think they're literally done. They're in the editing process for the movie. It makes me think, like, is she actually going to appear in this movie? Is she going to be voicing, like, a CGI type of character? That's what I'm starting to feel because I feel like this would have been in the news. It would have been rumored or would have been somehow circulating, with how, especially with James Gunn frequently on Twitter, on social media, like talking about his work. The fact that it's coming out now, maybe she's doing some voiceover work for a smaller role. Think about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, how you have like Stallone show up in a, min a, minor, a minor role. You got like Miley Cyrus who's in a minor role there when she was hot in the streets. But she put out 23. Remember that song? Um, Fire. <laughs> but uh, with my J's. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was a couple of years after, I think. But that's what I think of. Just going back a couple of years, Miles Cyrus. Uh, other characters, I don't remember who, but like there's always some like names that are brought uh, that just show up out of nowhere. Marvel style, just like they want to be culturally relevant. It seems like what she's trying to do is re-enter that conversation. So I don't expect much from her. But uh yeah, it's not, I, I don't think she's like this hidden talent that is begging to be on the screen. It's definitely a name that's going to garner attention, though. Definitely garner attention, you're right. And then moving on with other Guardians of the Galaxy news, this isn't for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, but there is going to be a show for our boy Groot. We have I Am Groot, which will premiere on August 10th on Disney+. Plus. This is going to be a series of shorts, right, from James Gunn about the Groot character and I just had a question about this, Ricky Flex. Is this going to be an animated type of series, or is it going to be Groot still in like a live action world type of short? What's going on here? Well, that poster, all time poster, summer vibes, you know, like I want all time that poster, <laughs> all time poster. But that's a live action poster. That's not animated, right? So that's making me feel like this is gonna be live action, which means money. This is I'm I'm interested to hear this budget for this because if it's live action, Groot is not. Uh, a cheap like figure right mm -hmm. um but no i i'm going to be watching this over she hulk i was gonna say and, is it bad that i'm more excited for this than like miss marvel or she -Hulk? yes like is this that is bad? bad because these are shorts these have no connection right these won't have any major implications for the mcu and these are just short adventures like side things like they're not i guess these episodes aren't like interwoven or anything they're just like one independent one after the other right they're not necessarily connected to like guardians of the galaxy either in the, the current MCU right. timeline it's not even like what if it's like literally separate so, from so you from the poster from the synopsis i get two things i get the summer vibes with an all-time mcu character that everyone loves is like a beloved a beloved a beloved mcu character that everyone loves right so you get that and then you get you know what 
Do we see a couple cameos as a potential sidekick for an episode here and there? Do we get these some cool adventures with some good uh, CGI, I guess, that maybe can be improved upon from what we saw from like a Moon Knight or previously in the MCU canon? What do we get here? I'm very interested. Definitely more than She-Hulk. We'll be watching. I'm, you know, I'm calling it now. You know what character is going to show up in these shorts? Howard the Duck. Duck, yeah. Howard You're the right. Duck. Sorry, I didn't even give you a chance to respond. <laughs> because I, I was afraid you were going to say, I'm like, don't steal my thunder. Don't steal my thunder. I was like, make me look smart. Make me look smart. But like Howard the Duck, I can see like showing up here. Uh, doesn't have like that tight of connections to the MCU. It's not like he's going to be getting his own show. At least like the prospects are very minimal right now that he would get his own show. Like this is a type of like um, medium that he would like thrive on, you know? And I, I have high hopes for this. James Gunn involved and understands the character has a passion for the character. And I, I guess it's just like Groot's never going to have his own like movie. Cause obviously minimal dialogue. And you think Disney, <laughs> you think of like Pixar, you think bow, you think of like a bunch of Oscar nominated shorts. Like they have the creative minds there to be successful in this medium. So I'm excited for it. it like, uh, like it's going to be cool. Hey, you never know. Like you just saw, like, I guess news today. I don't know if we were going to bring this up, but um, Marvel submitted, Episode four of What If, the Benedict Cumberbatch, yeah. uh, Doctor Strange episode uh, for an Emmy considera consideration. So, cool. hey, you never know what James Gunn at the helm. Like, he just did Peacemaker. Like, he could get some recognition if it's that good. It's going to be tough with a lead character that has only three words in his arsenal. You never know. Yeah, but, like, I mean, like, the, that's, I think Disney finds a way to, like, teach, like, to have these type of projects that teach life lessons that do so visually like it, it's i possible. am group and if guardians and one a is the most meaningful character yeah. yeah and and then like speaking about the dr strange thing really quick um this is smart by disney because they're kind of capitalizing on wandavision right and what the success it had at the emmys and uh other nominations like disney's got even for mandalorian and what it's won for so many different things like it's just good that they just have this medium like they're their movies aren't going to be recognized at the Academy Awards, but guess what? Like there's more of an acceptance by the Emmys, right? For their type of projects. So why not just keep submitting them? And what if you keep racking them up? Adds that prestige to Disney Plus, gains the subscribers. They're on a roll. And um, I think that's what that I would just say, like, that's, I think the key thing, what you said at the end there, because Disney, like as a company, they're forcing Marvel to produce the, this, uh, this much content. It's not that Marvel wants to, it's that they have to, Right. So for me, it's like, why not make it good? Why does everything have to be like a Miss Marvel or a Hawkeye that's just like fun or entertaining to watch? As at least that's what they're pitching it as. I'd rather see something like what you just talked about, actual story connected to it. Let's just get some Emmys out there. Let's get this platform rolling. We don't want to be like a Netflix where they're, where everyone's like, oh, they just throw money everywhere. Let's not turn into that Disney Plus. Let's turn into like an HBO. It's like, oh, this isn't TV. This is HBO. This is Disney, right? We make the best content. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, I, I I have some comments later about streaming services and how like each of them are performing right now. Uh, we're going to get to a lot of Netflix stuff today, and I definitely have some thoughts. But I lastly want to wrap up the MCU corner here. Uh, Sam Raimi, $900 million for a Multiverse of Madness. Okay, probably a, uh, we got what, 22nd, June 22nd, we have Doctor Strange hitting Disney+. Plus. They got $100 million to go till it's a billion-dollar movie. Highest one of Sam Raimi's career. Highest earning movie of Sam Raimi's career. Uh, I guess uh, this is a little salt in the wound for you, Ricky Flex. Okay, <laughs> with how much <laughs> money this is making. I had to bring it up. Uh, yeah, 
So outperforms Batman by like 150 mil right now. It's not really a Sam Raimi movie though. It's like half a Sam Raimi movie. He doesn't have his is like his prints all over it. But is there a chance Sam Raimi comes back to the MCU if he enjoyed this process and maybe if he comes on for an entirety of a movie, right? And sees like the potential he can have for this universe. I don't know. I really don't know. I think I think he'll say yes if he ever gets asked to again because why not? Right? Like I think that after seeing Doctor Strange, I think a lot of the criticism that we had, like you just said, I think a lot of people were understanding that, and Kevin Feige especially. So I think, hey, as long as we get to do, as in we as in Marvel, get to do like what we want to do for major implications for Phase 5 going forward, then yeah, let this be a Stan Raimi movie, and then just add our elements to it somehow. I think that's a part, like may, might be part of a future equation if he gets another movie. Now, what will that be? I don't know. I think Doctor Strange was the perfect for that horror element for Sam Raimi. So like people are saying fantastic Moon Four, Moon Knight. I don't hate. That'd be cool. I don't hate that. Blade. Who's doing blade again? I don't. That starts know. filming this month, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is it this yeah. month or, uh, or oh, July? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's a month away or something from filming. Crap. I'm going to look for a second, but yeah, I'm not sure who the director is, but I think you brought up something. I, I lied about being the end of the MCU corner because there was actually something came out. You brought up, you bring up the fantastic four. Uh, Kevin Feige is uh, taking shots at big names reportedly to direct fantastic four uh, deci- decision will not be announced anytime soon. Uh, there was a, a source that said, quote, Feige doesn't want, o- want to oversee the entire shoot after not having to worry about that with Sam Raimi. He is very game to the same outcome with his next shoot, end quote. So I was thinking, like, who can you see directing a Fantastic Four movie that is a huge name that'd be willing to step into this Marvel world? Any any, any thoughts, Ricky Flex? Um, so real quick, the rumored director is uh, Bassam Tariq. He did a uh, Mogul Mowgli with uh, Riz Ahmed, but nothing like major blockbuster. But uh, just want to throw that out there. It seems like a classic it. early MCU director that's like hasn't really done much, but they like they can kind of like more like I guess Feige can be hands on with a, a project that the audiences care so much about. Kind of like the opposite with the Fantastic Four idea right here, where he exactly wants to be like away from everything. But right. uh, any idea for a Fantastic Four? So Fantastic Four, for what do you think? If you're thinking like again, like acclaimed directors, like those big time guys, right, or um, people, so it's got to be someone that's smart, obviously, but ensemble experience, mm-hmm. action oriented director, or just can do that, has that in their arsenal. Preferably history is super, but doesn't have to again action maybe, and also CGI because you have a human torch element, you got the thing, you got invisible people, extended people, expend standing. Uh, uh, limbs going to be expanding size of buildings so cgi is going to be a huge element who needs someone with experience first name that can, comes to mind is the russos come back you got to come back they are struggling on their own in my opinion except producing which leads me to my next argument or next person people the daniels everything everywhere all at once if they could somehow reel them in they denied loki i know they got another project going forward but maybe after that if they could somehow reel them in for a fantastic four Project than Loki, a movie, core, core, core Marvel, uh, piece of Marvel. Maybe they'll be enticed by that. And then my, uh, I have two, like, I know this will never happen, but I would be interested in is one, hey, 
what if Ryan Johnson gets a second chance at a big time like IP it's not project? Bad. I like that. Second chance post knives out two and knives out three comes back, right? I know Last Jedi, we still have our we have beefs, always will. But you know what? Let's get a second try. And then the craziest one that I know will never happen. We know that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will be the last one. What if James Gunn wants to stay within Marvel somehow and put him we'll to Fantastic Four? I know. I'm just saying. Just because they're, 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 they're too big. Like he he yeah. likes to he likes to bring like the lesser known characters. He's a comic book fan himself. Bring those characters to prominence. There's a recently he responded to a tweet talking about like someone tweeted like it's amazing what James Gunn does with like D-list heroes and makes them such household names. When you think of Marvel's first family, I think the first like director you should approach is the Russos. They have a firm understanding of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You're dealing with like iconic type characters from the comics. They have they've adapted right characters perfectly for this universe. They've been able to make ensemble movies. I think they're definitely the name there. But also you should think about one if you want to go a different direction, someone that because there's rumors that there could be a Fantastic Four movie that's set in the 1960s. OK, back when you have Michael Douglas's Hank Pym still as Ant-Man. OK, uh, Baxter building like New York 1960s. And somehow maybe they get sent into the quantum realm. Maybe quantum mania actually sets up like the the, the we have like the Fantastic Four movie. But what kind of director would be? excellent and kept ca- like capitalizing on that aesthetic like making a, a, the look of a 1960s movie I, I thought this makes minimal sense but i i think of like i i think i think of edgar wright what he just did with <laughs> last night in soho i know it was britain like he's in is london where he's uh, making a movie about the 1960s he's Already tried to make a Marvel movie with the Ant Man. I'm sh- with Ant Man uh, that didn't work out well. Didn't see eye to eye with Foggy and the MCU. So maybe we have an opportunity. Like it's a it's a fat chance, but like him coming to um, take on the, the Fantastic Four and return to Marvel somehow. That was just a name that popped in my head. Yeah, I think he said that he never will do a Marvel project after yeah. Peyton Reed took over Ant Man. Um, so I don't know if that would be possible, but I love that. And then just one last one I thought of because like we were talking, you were talking like Fantastic Four, core Marvel project. What's another core Marvel project that they're trying to do? X Men for the maybe in the potential. So I was you thinking maybe this name, Brian Singer. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Singer. He hasn't done cannot. anything since 2018. Cannot canceled and a half. Canceled and a half. I'm upset. I said that. I might have to bleep his name out. Like we bleep out the KS. Like I, we can't. Like I feel, I feel like terrible for even like like the exerting the energy to say that. Yeah. The BS. The BS and the KS. Like no, no, no. I feel like you were going to say someone else. Uh, but you, no, you, no. I was also tempted. You were going to say you were thinking of ensemble movies, a lot of CGI, good with large cast. I thought you were going to say like Justin Lin. <laughs> like, I, I thought you were going Fast and Furious. <laughs> I'm like, no way he's dropping a Fast and Furious director right now on us. I, I'm sorry, I honestly love, but no way. I honestly love the Ryan Johnson comment. I think Ryan Johnson, like, there's going to be some backlash because obviously you got Disney umbrella, MCU. Star Wars and the Star Wars, he still they plan on somehow down the line making a trilogy. I can't uh, that Ryan Johnson is envisioning whether that happens remains to be seen. Kathleen Kenny is given the support, but uh, nothing formally announced. So interesting stuff. I think we should kind of move from the MCU to the DC uh universe just because that's all natural. Uh, we should go to Todd Phillips. There's been rumors that Todd, like Todd Phillips, is being looked at as a potential advisor 
four DC movies following his success with Joker. He's also hinted at a sequel for the, uh, he's been working on a script for the sequel of Joker. He's literally said this now. So the likelihood of it happening, very strong as long as Joaquin signs on. I guess, what are your thoughts about, we, I think we've already covered like what are our thoughts on a Joker sequel. We like the first one. It's like, okay, maybe it's not the best idea. But like, what do you think about like Phillips potentially being an advisor to DC movies? I don't hate it. I think it, the more smart people they bring on board to the uh, for uh, to onto DC, the better because they definitely need more of those after the past ten years that we've seen. Definitely need better better people in their uh, front office, so to speak. Right. So on board with that now. Talk about that sequel for a second here. We could say all we want. I think Todd Phillips, after what we've seen so far, yes, he's obviously talented. But you know what? Like we still we haven't seen a lot of Todd Phillips post comedy era Todd Phillips. It's Joker. So it's like, okay, like the hangover great, like a, a bunch of comedies that he's done great, but like you know what? I still need to see more. So, yes, this is great. Joker 2, right? His element is like kind of breakout role, a direct directorial role uh, for that post-comedy uh, run that he had. But if Walking doesn't sign on, that means I'm not invested in this at all. If Walking signs on, that tells me, okay, yep, this script is something. The story is something. This is going to be Joker, actually Joker 2. That's actually worth seeing. So, Walking is the real like cog here. He's the real like person, the driving force behind it. To me, not Todd Phillips. Mm-hmm. So uh, wait and see approach for me. Wait and see, definitely because like Joaquin, if Joaquin's not on, like he was the best part of that movie. He basically carried that entire movie along with the score of the movie. To be honest, so uh, I think Unreal we're just score. waiting that he signs on. What'd you say? Unreal score Unreal cannot be score. forgotten. Oscar winning Oscar score. Oscar winner. Oh yeah, Jinx. Hold me up. Hold me a coke. <laughs> uh, but then. I, I don't mind the fact that Todd Phillips might be an advisor. It's not like he's the Kevin Feige, the all overseer of everything DC. But if we have more of these projects, I, it seems like uh, this new uh, Warner Brothers discovery type of direction is being taken is they want to get back to movies like Joker. They literally said that, right? And there's reports that, that they want that to happen. Like movies set outside, right? The DCEU, let's focus more on the juiciest characters that DC has to offer. Maybe we get big name villains with their own projects. It seems like this made a billion dollars, right? Joker did. So people are going to want it. There obviously is a, there is a, um, an audience for these type of projects. So why not like experiment? Todd Phillips has had success. Oscar nominated an Oscar winning film with Joker. Let's see what else he has up his sleeves and look like he obviously knows what he's doing somewhat. So why not? Moving on DC. Uh, speaking of the DCEU, something that we're not a huge fan of right now, we do have some news that uh, Michael Keaton is confirmed to return as Batman in not only The Flash, but he's going to appear in Batgirl alongside J.K. Simmons. Uh, Ricky Flex, thoughts on uh, Keaton and the speculation that he's going to be the next Batman in the DCEU? Um, I guess thoughts on the confirmation. Batgirl is always going to be a watch for me. It's a it's a HBO Max movie, so don't have to pay to go see it, right? As long as you have the service. So always was going to be a watch. What I would say, though, is that also it's mainly because of Brendan Fraser, not because of anything else. But but besides the point there, J.K. Simmons, Michael Keaton, like confirmed now. Yes, like this will be something, but will it be good? I still have my doubts, and I think it just adds more confusion to, well, 
is the Batman situation in the DCEU because this is a confirmed DCEU project now. So what is the situation? Adds more confusion. The Flash comes out in October. This comes out in the winter, if I'm if I'm correct on that, Doctor. So this is after that. So Batfleck potential de- death in the Flash. Like, what are we doing? I don't know. I, or is Batgirl going to be the new Bat, like, center Batman, Batgirl? Like, is, we, I know we've talked about that before. So maybe this sets that up, or the Flash sets that up. I don't know. But no matter what, this just won't have the same hype. Because like we had the Batman that came out a couple few months ago, like it was just it, this is just coming out at a yes later than that, like nine months later or yeah nine months later, but it just will never achieve any sort of hype to me. Yeah, so I guess it's almost like a wait and see approach. I immediately immediately was against this idea. Uh, it's not like Marvel has released movies on Disney Plus. They've done the series like HBO Max. What they're doing, right? They're taking a risk, I guess, a little bit. Uh, some pop. It's not just like unknown or lesser known characters to the DCEU now. It's not just Batgirl showing up, but like Batman is going to be in an HBO Max strict, strictly HBO Max movie. To me, oh my god, that's so dumb because it's like Keaton coming back. It's like Tobey Maguire. It's like similar to Tobey Maguire coming back as Spider Man. It's like it's it. He's a beloved character. The fact that like they're not going to capitalize like monetarily in terms of like box office here. It's like a little shocking to me. I feel like Batgirl, like the fact that like you have Bat in the name, Bat family, and you have connections and you have some hype around it. Like there's a Robin that's showing up in these like images or like uh, at least uh, like I guess art that's coming out with the movie. Uh, it just feels like Bat. Anything Bat deserves to be in a movie theater, and it just I'm skeptical until I'm proven wrong that it's going to succeed on HBO Max. I, I completely agree, and I just will say an analogy, which is a terrible analogy, but it makes sense. Darth Vader just appeared in a t- on a streaming service. You're right, bro. Now, like, yeah, and I loved it, to be honest. So if Darth Vader can do it, that means literally any character ever can make a streaming service. I, I trust, like, Disney with Star Wars TV shows, though. Like, I know it's Pokemon also with Obi-Wan. It's great. You know, yeah. it's, it's with a core like, character. Like Obi-Wan in a TV show rather than on a movie, in a movie. That's also, it, but it has a cinematic feel to it. You know, it does have a cinematic feel to it more so it has than a lot of MCU it. shows or a lot, um, even more so, I, I guess Peacemaker sort of had a cinematic vibe to it a little bit. Mm. Um, not as much, but just the fact that you have Batman is going to have a cinematic feel to this one, hopefully. If it looks terrible on screen, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be pissed. I guess that's going to do it for the DC corner. That's going to do it for the superhero corner. Let's move on to some big boys, big boy um, movies and, or projects. Uh, Frank Ocean. All right. Uh, I guess Grammy award winning artist. I believe Grammy award winning uh, Frank Ocean. Everyone has a Grammy his, these days. His feature directorial debut with a24 i mean this is the least shocking news of all time like like frank ocean is one of the best artists uh today and i believe like a lot of times with like artists with music videos that's where a lot of like filmmakers start in the first place the fact that seems like a natural transition for an artist as creative as frank ocean i just think it's cool i don't know what the project's going to be about and i don't think anyone does but uh i think it's something to keep an eye on right you like frank ocean music ricky flux yeah, I like Frank Ocean music. Definitely uh think he's very talented. And like this is a trend that we're seeing right now. Like Travis Scott 
he's getting in the mix. Oh, right. Frank Ocean yeah. now. And it just makes sense to go to A24 or some, some trendy. Uh, it's trendy, but also just like studio where it's like, hey, we're open to your creative ideas, right? We'll basically do whatever you want. Just make sure it's low budget, character story driven, really. So I think that's what it's going to be. And like Frank Ocean, like people that are shocked by this, like clearly have not been following Frank Ocean. I'm not a big Frank Ocean fan, but I, I know that he loves like um, Call Me By Your Name. Luca, he has a relationship with Luca Guaranino. And I guess like they're doing a project together at some point, rumored at least. And I don't know. That was, I heard about that a long time ago. I don't know if that made the checkup or not uh, one of these times. A lot of episodes, folks. But um, like he's been, like he's been outspoken saying like Rushmore is one of his favorite movies, the Wes Anderson movie. Wow. Yeah. So it's just like he's a big film guy. He always has been, obviously, music. So it's like, all right, like maybe we see something that's a combination of both or just like a pure movie with unbelievable music behind it. And the music doesn't even have to be his. I know a lot of people are speculating after seeing this news. Oh, this means new album, baby. Like, I don't think it necessarily does. I think he actually I don't think, wants like the way of a 24 markets. It just doesn't match that he would direct it and then like put his own music. Yeah, on I think this then, is like, more the, like the, about the, the him. Album would reach number one on the rap charts. Like I, I can't see that happening or hip hop. I think charts. this is more about him. Like, you know what? Like put respect to my name, not just in the music world, but Hey, like I'm, I'm coming for, I'm coming for the cinematic world too. Like I'm not going to make this making about waves. my album. Yeah. I'm, he's making waves through the cinematic world. world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Uh, I guess moving on, just a quick hitter there. Uh, also, five seasons are fully planned out for Amazon's The Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power series. Um, a, a source says, quote, we even know what our final shot of the last episode is going to be, end quote. You got to first look at a couple of the characters from the show. Ricky Flux, I think you had a great tweet today that I, I saw. Uh, it's great, and I guess I'll talk about it, and then you can just elaborate. But like you said, like it's it's great to have a distinct vision for a highly anticipated property or highly anticipated show that so many people are invested in. Uh, and you added Game of Thrones. <laughs> I thought that was a great tweet. <laughs> great tweet by you. Deserve Thank more you. love, okay? Uh, listeners, give them some love like that tweet. <laughs> but it, I think that's like the most obvious tweet of all time. Like not only is it because of the big budget, because like it's a huge IP. And like we deserve it. It's helpful that we already have like this is a prequel, so we know like basically what it leads to, right? So yeah, I think that tweet and that idea, I guess, around it, that's what what is expected, right? So it's it's what's expected, and you got to deal with these properties with care, and that's what Amazon's clearly doing, and I appreciate that. Now, we talked about a lot in this show, Game of Thrones. You better be ready. And I'm on the record saying Game of Thrones prequel will be better, like season one, will be better than this season one. I picked it ahead of it in the top billing that we did for most anticipated shows this year. I like, I have my life on the line here, or like my pick on the line here. And yeah. your reputation is on the line. My reputation. And you know what? This rivalry just keeps getting better. This is going to be, I'm telling you, this is the best rivalry we got going this year. Cannot wait. There, there, that was out. shade. That was definitely shade. Yes, it was. That, it was. that was that was like Amazon taking a shot at Game of Thrones. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Saying we know what we're doing. We're not going to like mix up the writing as we go. We don't. We're not relying on uh, J.R. Tolkien obviously anymore. <laughs> we're doing our thing. Uh, yeah, that's it's good. We're, you're right. This is the greatest TV rivalry we've had maybe ever. Maybe maybe ever. Yeah, maybe, ever. maybe ever. Maybe ever. Uh, we'll have to do some, a little bit of a, a 
history analysis to finally determine that. But I also want to talk about Ricky Flex really quick. Sarah Silverman, back in the news. She's been cast as Leonard Bernstein's sister in Bradley Cooper's Maestro. I saw, like, some pictures of, like, like Sarah Silverman today. Like, I see her in School of Rock. I, like, just, like, I she pisses me off. But I look at her right now. I'm just like, oh, my, she's beautiful. <laughs> she's really worked on her. Like, she is gorgeous woman, dude. And I, I just had to, I had to say that. I saw, like, some pictures like, of her. Like, I, like, you're bonk, you're, like, bonk me all you want. But she looks incredible. Bonk me all you want. But uh, interesting that she's joining a Bradley Cooper project. Is Todd yeah. Phillips producing this, by the way, Maestro? Him and Scorsese. Right. I think you told me that. Gotcha. Yeah, it was either it was either those two or Spielberg and Scorsese. I forget. And they just which take two. turns producing each other's projects. And looks yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, no. So when I saw this news, like I thought two things. One, like we got the images last week, right? Of like how Bradley Cooper is going to look, Carrie Mulligan, right? And we already and like if, obviously the film began production. So once a film begins production, like what did we see in Oppenheimer? Like in like we saw all these castings just come out almost every week, right? This is going to be the same thing. Obviously, it's not going to be as big of a movie, not as big of an ensemble. But this is when we start to see that news flow that we always talk about in the checkup. So this is just another one of those situations where we get a big name or a big celebrity that's in a movie. Now, Sarah Silverman, most likely, like I think, playing the sister of Leonard Bernstein, of Bradley Cooper's character. I think you said that, or I just saw that on on Twitter today. Probably going to be a comedic role, right? But I think, no, when I saw this, I was like, hmm. Is this going to be like the Gone Girl, you know, Ben Affleck's uh, sister in that? I was thinking, oh, maybe she's going to be like this, like that, that, that type of character. That's at least what I was thinking so far. Um, maybe not as like influential or maybe not as serious, more of a comedic, but same with that movie. Like that. I like that yeah. connection that you're making there. I could totally see that because she's got a great, like you said it, like she's, she's a comedian. And then she always, you could see, I can see her being personable with like a, uh, personable with a bradley cooper here like that's that's an interesting observation like that or prediction that's good um dude like i was so pissed off you told me this next bit of news uh right i was in the middle of like class and ricky flicks added some stuff to the checkup he mentioned that john ham is uh reportedly set for the lead role in fargo season five at fx is he playing a goddamn cop again yes he is is that confirmed or is he just like he's going uh, I think it? I think it is confirmed. Um uh so I guess it's, everything's under wraps, but John Hamill play a character named Roy. Cop. Yeah, and the series Sheriff, Sheriff Cop. And I think the, seri- figure. the series is about it's set in twenty nineteen and it's a kidnap that's not a kidnapping. And when and what if your wife isn't your wife? I guess that's like the tagline that they have for right now. So I'm guessing that John Hamm, detective, investigating this kidnapping that's maybe not a kidnapping or something like that. Um, Fargo. Three things are guaranteed in this world. Three things guaranteed in this world. Death, taxes, John Hamm is an authoritative figure. Sorry. Go ahead, Fargo take. No, like Fargo, like season one, 2014, right? Like that won an Emmy, right? For the best show on television or whatever, like the best drama. But since then, like obviously critically acclaimed, but it hasn't won an Emmy since, I think. And it had it's had like Chris Rock, right? Who else has it had? Um Jesse Plemons, Billy, been, like, what, Billy Bob Thorne, Ewan McGregor, like all these Dunst, big name. Right? Yeah, yeah. So like um a lot a lot of these big name like celebrity like A list just go on it, but it's like a lot of these people were past their prime. Like what we just mentioned, we watched mentioned Chris Rock. I know he just has Obi-Wan Kenobi, but that was before that. And and uh Billy Bob Thorne. 
like a lot of these people after their prime. John Ham, I don't think has hit his prime. So it just makes me a little nervous, but maybe this could be like a stepping stone to get to his prime, I guess. Use it like as the lead man, right? Because we talked about Top Gun Maverick and how, hey, when is he going to be a lead man? Like he wasn't the lead man in the town. He wasn't the lead man in uh, Steven Soderbergh's No Sudden Move last year. Also a cop in those two movies. Now this. So I was like, okay, he's going to be the lead man in the Fletch movie where he's also like, it's not a cop, but, you know, detective style reporter, right? So he's got Fletch. I think Fletch will be like this situation where it's like, all right, can he like lead this like IP, like nostalgia that we talked about earlier, nostalgia type movie, and maybe get more A-list movies, like movie theater movies. If he doesn't do that with Fletch, I don't think he'll ever do it. Because it's that combination of the comedy and drama that John Hamm does so well in the leading role. I think that will be the big test. I think it's interesting because like last week you brought up like John Hamm, like you would have, you wouldn't mind seeing him as the lead in true detective season seven. Like what if eventually comes out like this and this comes out the following week. So maybe this is what he needs. I agree. could be that. Um, Juno Temple and Jennifer Jason Lee are also set for lead roles. Jennifer Jason Lee, you know, I'm a huge fan. Hateful eight shout out. Uh, Oscar last Nam. thing on the Oscar Nam. Yeah. Last thing on the checkup here. Uh, Apple TV. Once again, in one, an exciting streaming service right now, one that's hot in the streets. Apple TV has bought the rights to Steve McQueen's next film, Blitz. Steve McQueen, you might know him recently from doing Widows, right? And a number of Michael Fassbender projects as well. Uh, it is a drama. This is going to be a drama about a series of Londoners during World War II Blitz, and will begin filming later this year. I love this stuff. World War II, Battle of Britain. Give me some, someone, someone's going to be playing Winston Churchill here. All right, or someone's gonna be like voicing Winston Churchill. I like this idea. I like the setting. I feel like there isn't enough uh, new age war movies about the Battle of Britain. We got Dunkirk a couple years ago. We get the sequel here from Steve McQueen. All right, good stuff. Any excitement level here? I'm really excited because I don't think they've talked about anybody that's like being linked to it, as in like actors. Uh, but will we get Fastbender again? You know, I'm a fast train guy. Huge fast train guy. So hopefully he's a part of this again with him. He's previously did hunger with him as well as in addition to a 12 years of slave. So hopefully you see fast bender again, but no matter did what, he do shame? no, no, Barry Levinson did shame. Ooh, that's a tough shame. To watch. Unreal performance robs of an Oscar nom for fast bender. I don't know I how he should have one. He was At least I would have to check like who won. I forget 2013. I think it's 2012. It's a, movie. it's a hard movie to watch. For no, 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 it's not. Um, 2013. I don't remember the Oscar win for best actor there. But uh, that that wasn't. Well, it was in 2013 or 2012 in a 13. Like, I think it's a 2012 was, movie. Ah, so that was the artist. No, no, King Speed. Nope. Oh, uh, shame. Uh, 2011 movie. 2011. All right. Movie. So so that's King Speed, right? Or is that artist? I don't know. That was King's Speech was 2010 because that was the same year as Social Network. Every artist, right? Oh my God, you're right. Yep, Ooh. you're right. But who was nominated for Best History Actor? Major. There? Let's let's try and okay. brainstorm. Don't don't say it out loud. So 2011, Brad Pitt, Moneyball. 20... Okay. Right. Wait, did Brad Pitt get nominated? Must have. Jonah Hill got nominated, but did for... Brad Pitt get nominated? Must have. I almost, yeah, I almost guarantee Brad Pitt got nominated there. 2011. Let's test our noggin right now. Best actor. 2011. Oh my God. Artist was a big movie that year. The artist guy won it. The artist guy won it. So we got that down. Yeah, he did. 
Yes. Uh, Drive was a big movie. Not Oscar nominated, though. Um, this had to be a weak year for movies, right? The Artist. What, what, hmm. 2011. This is tough. I'm going to look up filmography. Uh, so it hit 2011 movies. Let's quick search. I think uh, your boy, or no, sorry, J-Man. J-Man, Midnight in Paris, but Owen Wilson didn't get nominated. Nope. So I don't know. Hit 2011, man. This is not a good year for movies if we can't think of any right here. Let's go. Scorsese had Hugo, right? That got nothing. Like as in acting, right? Hmm. Didn't you come up with anything that year? Like the, the, didn't he, did he produce Moneyball? Who? Sorkin uh, and Danny Boyle. Well, so so 2012 Oscars. All right. Is that this is like the Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy year? Harry Ullman. Tree of Life. Oh, um, that movie is an Terrence Malick. You don't like I that one? That movie. Hate, hate. There's a funny story with that movie. I don't know. Do you know like the the huge issue with that movie? Literally. What? So people, I forget how much it made at the box office, but there were movie theaters had to put signs up at the door after, um, but before people entered, like they bought a ticket for the Tree of Life, right? Sean Penn, Brad Pitt movie, right? You you buy a ticket, you're excited. Terrence Malick, right? You walk in, but at the door before you walk in the theater, it says, "By the way, we do not give refunds." That's because everyone hates that movie because all oh, it is just random shots of like the world and trees and space. And then all of a sudden it's like a dad that's too strict on his kids and stuff like that. Just like, God dang it. This was a year for a Fincher movie. It was a girl dragon tattoo. Um, but best actor, like uh, Jean Duhardin wins for the artist. Yeah. Uh, Damien Bashir also our second shout out for hateful eight. He got one. Uh, for A Better Life, George Clooney, The Descendants, Gary Oldman, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy, and then, as I said before, Brad Pitt, like, as Billy Bean, Moneyball. So, okay. Terrible Fast year. Bender should have gotten That's a, a tough, nom there. a tough, tough year. That, Midnight Paris Fast year, Bender. Wait, The Help was this year, too. Oh, yeah, that's bad. a... Yeah, that movie. What yeah, was yeah, the War Horse year, I think? This is the War Horse year. Oh. Yeah. Over that. But, uh, <laughs> but I guess, back to the Steve McQueen thing. Very cool. Apple TV Plus, huge win for them. Like they, like they definitely had. I don't. There weren't figures, but they had to buy this. Like it was very competitive. I guess they had to buy this out, beat other streamers to it. This is big for them. And last thing I'll say, Steve McQueen, just building up a resume. Already has an Oscar, a Best Picture win, and building out a resume. And what do we always talk about, directors? You always have to do a war movie. You want to, if you want a complete diversified portfolio, get that war movie. No one did it with Dunkirk, right? You need a war movie. He's getting his right here. This is big for Steve like McQueen. Spielberg, Saving Private Ryan. You know, it's just yeah. like you got you to put it on the filmography along with the whole di- whole slew of like different genres. Uh, we wanted to trailer roundup. We have a bunch of Netflix trailers that came out today. Was there something going on with Netflix? Did are their earnings coming out soon, or like what's going on? Why was there a zillion Netflix trailers today and news coming out? Um, I think it's because so Stranger Things obviously came out last week, yep. right? So that came out. And they're just trying to keep people onto the platform for next month. So they released a slew of trailers today, like all at the same time. Earnings was last month, like definitely wasn't that. Um, so I think that's the only thing I could think of. It's capitalizing on popularity right now. But I got to be honest, a lot of these shows look like they suck. Like talk all about like 
we talk about the downturn of Netflix, uh, how it's they want to take a new, a different strategy. You talk about, I don't think we got to discuss on the podcast their strategy in terms of not having giving unlimited money to like these filmmakers that can basically have an unlimited budget and like play out their vision, similar to like a Scorsese for the Irishman. They're not going to do that as much anymore. And they also say they don't want to make as <laughs> I basically said they don't want to make crappy movies either. Um, but like I would beg to differ after seeing these slew of trailers. Like I want to just talk about some of these projects. So the trailers we sit we saw. And if anything catches your eye, Ricky Flex, because there looks like a bunch of hot garbage here. So things that I found interesting, we got a trailer for the Sandman that was released, a popular DC graphic novel. Series releases on August 5th on Netflix. Mark Hamill was just confirmed to join the cast. We also had a teaser for Tim Burton's Wednesday. Okay, starring Jenna Ortega. That comes um, Adam's Family spinoff. Why does everyone love the Adam's Family? Who likes the Adam's Family? I have no idea. I have no idea. But uh, so I, much Adam's Family content. It's I think it's it's a, it's, a, it's a big like the show was a major hit back in the day. Uh, there's a cult following for the '90s movies. Uh, also, we had a first teaser for Mike Flanagan's The Midnight Club, and then a teaser I like for Mike Gu Flanagan. Yeah, and then Guillermo Hush, del Toro. First teaser for Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities that stars Rupert Grant, Sofia Butella, Eric Andre, Ben Barnes, F. Murray, Murray, Murray Abraham, and Andrew Lincoln with episodes directed by Jen, Jennifer Kent, Catherine Hardwick, and Panos Cosmatos. Uh, those are the ones that really caught my eye, Ricky Flex. Uh, any of these are you – what's your excitement level at? Probably less than Jurassic World Dominion. I, I I agree. I think these are just like already in development. All of these have like a horror aspect to them or just like scary aspects. Stranger things, vibes. you're right. Yeah. So it just, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, like I'm not going to be watching Adam's Family no matter what. Just saying that now. The Sandman, Mark Hamill in a voice role. One of, if not the greatest voice actor of all time. You think Joker, right? Like an animated Batman animated series. One of the greatest voice actors. Maybe I'll watch it if it gets good reviews, but probably not. Midnight Club. You mentioned Mike Flanagan. Hush. Doctor Sleep. Two great, like, thriller, scarier type of movies. So maybe I'll watch that, but no guarantees there. And these are all, like, series, right? So, like, again, it's time. A lot of my time has to be dedicated to these when you have all these other shows coming out. So I don't know if I can guarantee I even watch one of these. You know what? What caught my eye and I'm interested in, I like Guillermo del Toro. Um, I like the Cabinet of Curiosities. I like the prospects of this. It's like almost, it's an anthology type of series, like like we see with Black Mirror, except with strictly horror stories. We know one of the best horror storytellers is a Guillermo del Toro. Looks like we're going to get monsters here. And also, what a fascinating cast. You got Rupert Grint from, obviously, Harry Potter, right, as Ron Weasley himself. Like, him, like, in an episode. Eric Andre, like, going from comedy to, like, a horror type of vibe. I like that prospect. Tor Del Toro might see something in him and what he can achieve, like, on the more on, in a different genre. I, I love that. F. Murray Abraham, Hot in the Streets, Following Moon Knight, okay, Oscar-winning actor from Amadeus. Uh, his voice is so menacing. You could just see it. I could see him voicing some type of monster in one of these episodes. Uh, ben Barnes, uh, when you think about Jessica Jones, you think about Westworld, like he is a name where people have thought like, okay, after Westworld, what's he going to do afterwards? Um, 
still, I guess, in that type of sphere, like a lot of potential, see how it goes. Andrew Lincoln, dude, like Andrew Lincoln, you think Walking Dead, when's the last time he did something else other than Walking Dead? It's been literally over a decade. Uh, what's that movie? The ho- the holiday movie. Uh, yeah, something Love, actually. Actually, Love Actually, but that was like 03. That yeah, was like yeah. young, young Andrew Lincoln. So we're getting him in a, in a very familiar horror type of scenario, but not playing. Uh, what's his name in the show Rick. again? Rick, Rick. Rick I didn't even watch the, I watched the end of The Walking Dead, and not even the whole show. And I did that. Yeah. But like, that's the, iconic. The, the prospects of this cast, like, I'm interested in like these people that usually can't carry a, a episode or not, or not typically the star of something aside from Andrew Lincoln, like getting a starring, like, presumably a starring role in an anthology type show. It seems like it's like the so you've seen so much success for actors that have gotten the opportunity in shows like um, Black Mirror. Okay, and what it's done for their career, like what happens? We'll see what happens. Why Russell? Yeah, honestly, honestly, um, let's see what happens. And then, I guess Sandman. Like, uh, I'm interested because it's a very famous graphic novel. I'm always interested in those type of adaptions. Uh, some people hail it as one of the best, the best graphic novels ever written. And uh, when I've seen like the art of the original graphic novel compared to what the show looks like, I mean, visually, this one looks the most appealing. I would say out of all these along with del toro's project um but yeah i can't say the excitement level is too high but i'll, I'll give it a, i'll give it a shot yeah well i don't know I'll, we'll see we'll see i think uh basically those are i guess after netflix has dropped this and like this is the prospects we have to look forward into the future like where's netflix fallen right now in terms of like your favorite streaming services like who do you have ahead of netflix I've always been an HBO Max guy. 100%. Always have, always will. So it has to be number one. I think everyone's realizing that's the best. Now, this is where it gets tricky because I don't have Paramount Plus, but I've been on it before it's on someone else's account, like over someone's house or whatever. It doesn't seem that bad, but it's just because of the catalog, right? Paramount Pictures. But a lot of it's like issues because a lot of their shows like Top Gun, like our movies or content or uh, properties, I should say, properties. They're still on other streaming services. Like Top mm-hmm. Gun was on Netflix up until May 31st. Like they're still going through a phase here where they're trying to figure out like their streaming service, I guess, and, and the where their properties and lie and rights. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, okay, they're still figuring out Hulu's under that Disney umbrella, but I, I don't consider that I don't love them. So like for me, like Disney Plus, just because of the Marvel content, the Star Wars content, I think that's number two. And like also they have a catalog uh it's Disney for God's sakes. And then 20th century Fox. Yeah. I, I would say those two are automatically ahead of Netflix. I put probably Netflix at three, to be honest, Apple TV. It's like, I think out of Apple quick TV, once I watch severance and these new projects end up hitting the full, like enter, end up entering the fold for Apple TV. Like, I think that's quickly going to jump up everyone's leaderboard. You know, it's going to jump up on everyone's ranking, but I got definitely HBO max and Disney plus still ahead. Uh, HBO max is clearly my number one. They got, the uh, the limited series, they got the long running series, they have uh, the historically great series, they got the Batman IP, they got great DC IP, so they just have it all. 
They have it all. They're not. So if you look at like the best running like services in terms of like customer satisfaction, like aside from the projects, like you're not going to see HBO Max rated number one, probably. They are the ones that seem to have the most issues in terms of like actual product, in terms of like people's like logging out and then like it just actually like, I guess, like glitching a little bit. Yes. Or like something weird happening. HBO Max, like it's usually it's not the greatest like actual software or whatever. The technology you call behind it. it's the worst. Right. But in terms of like, product it is incredible it is incredible bro it, they that's really are hidden and then disney plus has the major ip that's necessary uh let's see what netflix has got to pick it up man everyone's catching up right now uh but speaking of disney plus i think more about disney we had a trailer for disney's strange world that was released the film's gonna release november 23rd in theaters okay starring jake gyllenhaal okay in this movie uh did you see this trailer ricky flex what do you think I did. Uh, Jake, frequent podcast uh, listener to the drive-in. Thank you. Um, shout out. But uh, this just looks like another like kind of like Pixar type of movie, to be honest. I know it's Disney, not Pixar, but it feels like a Pixar where it's ambitious on the animation side. Very ambitious. So I'm interested. Looks amazing, to see, bro. Yeah, like I, this might be a contender for an Oscar here, like for visuals or I something. I felt like because like the logo came up, I'm like, this looks like a Jungle Cruise type of logo when I saw it. Oh, no. But then also, no, but not like it. Like the, it is like an adventurous type of movie. Like I, I liked like that that logo that they had. Uh, it almost feels like '80s type of look to it. But then when you look into the world, I was getting like a soul vibes by looking through it, and now it's got like a purple glaze over it too. Um, I liked like it, it has to be an interesting project if Jake Gyllenhaal signed on for it. Um, it's and it's not Pixar, which is interesting. I kind of hate the fact that this is getting released in theaters and it's not a Pixar movie, but they're keeping Pixar movies on Disney Plus. That's a little messed up to me. Uh, but I guess like looking at Encanto and looking at the popularity of Disney animated movies that aren't related to Pixar, I think in Jake Gyllenhaal is a star. It's gonna have some bankability to it. It's not just the kids going to see this one potentially, and it does look interesting. They're getting really bold. They're getting bolder with their animation it doesn't look exactly like pixar it has a distinct look to it so i think i'm excited for it 100 yeah i i will be going to see this and it's thanksgiving release right disney thanksgiving like that later in the year movie i gotta oh, yeah. like, based on their history like it's gotta be at least pretty good uh i guess looking at the back end of this trailer roundup new trailer for minions rise of Gru. <laughs> did you see the original minions no and I will Neither not be saying this one. No. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really persuade me. Uh, it's got to be a free ticket. So that's pretty much it, right? Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we sign off here, Ricky Flex? No, just uh, I will say the internet is getting more and more of an impact on the movie world because of Morbius. Oh, Jesus Christ. Morbius re-releasing in theaters this past weekend, only making $85,000 on average, less than like $20 a theater uh, per day. Embarrassing. Not just for Sony, but for every like suit they, or executive. It's like they, they didn't they understand the people were making fun of them. It's like they didn't get it. It's like, like it's like, they, oh, they're like, oh, people, some people actually may like this movie this much, or it's like, or it's like you're releasing it because people are like, going to see it because they've heard it so bad like to me that's a little messed up they would think like in that scenario like it's either yeah you're right it's either they're so is. it's either they're so dumb 
like right and they think oh people actually want to see this movie or they know that movie's bad and they just have a terrible mindset and they're just a bunch of jerks and they re-released it and that's honestly hurting like jared leto and it's embarrassing to them like in any creators that want to work with them in the future so it's one of the two it makes you think Jared Leto, like he also killed the joke when he tweeted out that video of him looking up, like it was like reading a fake script that said Morbius 2, it's Morbin time. Like the fact that he did it, it ruins it. Cause like, dude, you tried so hard in that movie. <laughs> like you were trying to make this like, a, this is like your second shot at a superhero franchise. You were trying to make this happen and failed so miserably. And now like you're making fun of yourself, but then you're re-releasing the movie just cause you want to make more money off how bad it is. Or do you are just Jerry Lotto seems like that guy who's very out of touch. Um, and like he, I feel like he was forced to do that because they were thinking about re releasing the movie. I don't know. To me, it's like I, I think this like cements the fact that there won't be a sequel to it for sure. And uh, I will say, I still haven't seen this movie and I didn't think about it for one second to go see it this past weekend. <laughs> that would have been hilarious but, if you did, but I wish I did just so I could like vlog it. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. That would be that would be hilarious. If I saw it a second time, oh my god! Um, yeah, that's gonna do it for the trailer roundup. That's gonna do it for our episode. Uh, little prospects for the future here. Thursday we have our episode on our episode four breakdown of Obi Wan Kenobi. We're gonna break down also episodes one through three of the boys. Make sure you're tuning in. Uh, and then uh, we're gonna do Jurassic World the following week. Okay, uh, with the draft, that's TBD. Let's see if we can get Mayo on the horn for the uh, uh, Jurassic World draft. Maybe he'll have to enlighten us a little bit on a franchise we're not as familiar with. Uh, specifically, we, we're, we're Jurassic Park fans, but like Jurassic World, we're a little out of touch. Any final comments, Ricky folks, before we sign off? Kenobi, baby. Kenobi Wednesday. Cannot wait. Get ready, people. Buckle up. Hopefully, we're getting more Darth Vader. Make sure you're subscribing wherever you're listening right now. Make sure you're subscribing also to our YouTube clips and reviews every week. And then make sure you're following us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at the drive-in pod. Okay. A lot of good stuff, a lot of news, and uh, make sure you're tuning in. That's going to do it for episode 111 of the drive-in podcast. Until next time, we will smell you.